Hello, and thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back to our podcast with me, Nick Hancock. We aim to give you everything, even peace of mind. And that is nothing to do with me. That is all thanks to our sponsors, MJ Ryder Plumbing and Heating, who can give you peace of mind with your heating this winter. If you go to their website and have a look at the heat plan, that's at mjrider.co.uk. That's mjrider.co.uk. This is the Your Harrogate Podcast, sponsored by MJ Ryder, keeping you and your family warm this winter. Now, please welcome your host, Nick Hancock. Big hello from Tier 1. Here we are having Tier 1 fun. And I don't know if you noticed, but Tier 1 is medium in the new list of restrictions. So what's low? If if Tier 1 is medium, what's below that? Tier Maria? Tier Maria and Coke. Tears of a Clown. Tears for Fears. Sir Tier Starmer, leader of the Labour Party. I mean, it could be any of those. Anyway, we're actually... actually talking about the tears for a reason because this is all connected to our guests on this week's podcast the your harrogate podcast we're talking about the impact of all this stuff on running park we've got a really good i think a really honest interview with peter banks who's the general manager at running park and lots of laughs in that interview as well coming up and then we go to mama doreen's it's like oh it's like being in a 1950s movie at mama doreen's in harrogate and we talked to Jess, who is the owner, the boss there. But first, can I just very, very quickly be a little self-indulgent? Why change the habit of a lifetime and wish my daughter Tabitha a very happy fourth birthday this week? And long-time listeners, if you have listened for a while, you will remember that probably the only interesting thing that's ever happened to me, Tabitha Hancock was born in the car on the way to hospital and she recovered fine from that and is a very happy, very loud four-year-old. But my, my passenger seat of my car, despite a number of valets, was never the same again. So there. And um, just on some, some fan email, fan email. Uh, let's do the fan email. And another birthday, actually, to another very special person, Karen Bellaby. So very, very, very happy birthday to Karen Bellaby. And also, I wanted to say hello to Julia from Ripon, who actually bothered to send me an email. And it's nick at yourharrogate.co.uk. That's nick at yourharrogate.co.uk. Julia saying, really enjoying the podcast. I've never listened to a podcast before. Ah. And, you know, you probably never listen to another one after this, but never mind. So on with the guests on this week's pod. We're sat in luxury at Rudding Park and joined by Peter Banks, who's the general manager here at Rudding Park. And first of all, Peter, we'll take you back to March and lockdown and must have been the strangest thing ever to have to actually close a hotel, which is normally absolutely buzzing with staff and guests and visitors and for it to be completely empty and closed. 
Um, hey, Nick, lovely to see you um, after, uh, after this length of time. Uh, yes, that 23rd of March was, uh, was absolutely surreal. I've done um, 35 years uh, behind the veil now, um, uh, you know, looking after guests, looking after staff. And when I shut the gates at the top of uh, on Rodding Lane, um, there was a thunk as I dropped the bolt into the uh, into the tarmac, and that thunk was was obviously a literal thunk, but it was also um, very metaphorical thunk for me. Um, for 35 years, I've been on high alert, looking after guests, looking after staff, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, and all of a sudden. Um, I didn't have any guests. I didn't have any staff. Um, in actual fact, I had no reason for being, and it was um, it was uh, it was a surreal moment on my own up at the top of the of the drive. Of course, I was extremely busy uh, for the next four months with furlough and getting loans from the bank, and you know, speaking to the staff and trying to ensure that everyone was happy. And then we did our litter picking pop-up thing with Bob when they when I decided that actually we were going to use all the staff to do something good for Harrogate and so they all went out and picked up litter. We picked up um, uh, nearly half a tonne of litter. Every single time they went out, each member of staff came back with two massive carrier bags full of rubbish from around Harrogate. Um, so there was always plenty to do, um, but in that moment when I just shut it, it was, um, it was like my legs had been cut off. It was very strange indeed. And how weird is it being in a hotel that's normally absolutely packed full of people? How weird is it being almost the only person? It must be like something from either a dream or a horror film or, or, yeah. or something. Um, well, um, uh, I, I, I could obviously, of course, um, uh, give it um, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy and pretend <laughs> I was in the overlook. Um, but uh, it was, it, joking apart, it was like that. Uh, there was um, there were three of us sleeping in the hotel, um, and that was uh, that was across the whole of of running the house, the hotel, the spa. We go around at night, try to shut everything up and trying all the doors, because of course hotels aren't designed to have nobody in them. So from a security perspective, you were really really aware of uh, of all of a sudden points of weakness if there weren't people here. So we were piling stuff in front of dodgy doors and all of the rest of it. It was, um, it was a bizarre experience, apart from the fact that we did um, have some crazy golf um, competitions uh, <laughs> along the corridors. Uh, just have some fun. The, we've come up with the plot for the next Home Alone film, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've just got to work out whether Macaulay Culkin would be available to be, to be in this <laughs> film. But there is, there, is something, there is something bizarre about it, isn't there? But, but, but also, obviously... So much stuff, so much stuff with, with I, think, I think one of the things which, which everybody always says about Rudding is how amazing all the staff are. And so much emphasis then went into looking after the team who obviously are just as passionate as you and, and would be just as gutted that, that they weren't working and that, that things were so, so strange. Yeah, we, had, um, I mean, we obviously had to set up the, the first real challenge was all those poor people who had weddings and, and special events booked and everything else, and all of a sudden, bang, it was just shut. Um, so uh, we had to work through from the 23rd of March through till the middle of April, because we had no clue when it was going to be open. It was, it was like trying to hit a moving target all of the time. And so we had to just keep calling these people and putting their weddings, for example, 
back to June. And then, of course, as lockdown carried on, we had to call them again, and it went from June to September, and then it went from September to... And the vast majority have now rebooked for next year. Um, we do have a very small wedding that should have been for 150 this weekend. Um, and, you know, obviously it's only 15 people. Um, so they've actually made the decision that they, they can't move it. They've moved it three times already. Um, and they'll, they'll have a party next year instead. But they're actually going to get married this weekend. But that was the first thing, moving everything, speaking to those staff, setting up their, um, uh, their uh, working from home environment, um, uh, and then just trying to keep people engaged. We did a couple of, uh, a couple of really sort of fun videos of everyone sent in videos of what they were doing and then we sent it out to the team. And so that was really good fun. Then, as I said, we did the litter picking um, pop-up and they volunteered at Rip and Walk Garden and actually created a new, um, a new garden space there where they took down trees and really sorted out a huge amount of stuff. Um, so we did quite a lot and then we started getting staff back um, in the hotel from the beginning of June uh, after the government had announced that the 4th of July would be the date when hotels could open. Of course, the Gulf reopened on the 15th of May, so that gave us a semblance of normality. Um, uh, and, the, uh, and then the holiday park, we opened the holiday park on the 4th of July, and then we opened the hotel on the 13th of July. Um, but... Um, it wasn't uh, opening the hotel as we had closed it. We'd changed loads of, uh, we had to change loads of, of, of policies and procedures because of social distancing. We're now sitting in what was the, um, the Macanest room, the, the, the little sort of residence sort of sitting room sort of area. Um, it's now set up as uh, a restaurant because we can't get the same number of guests in the hotel restaurant as we could have done in the past. So now all of the public space is now being used as restaurant. Um, we know you know now no longer check in at the front desk. I've got an AMPR camera on the uh, on the drive when you come in, and so if you were coming to stay here, I say, ah, oh, excellent, Mr. Hancock. Can I take your car reg number, please? You give me your reg number. That would be put onto your uh, onto your uh, profile on the system as you drove down the drive. It would pick your reg card and reg number up. That would ping through to um, a, uh, a smartwatch that the guest service man's got on, and it would say, "Here comes Mr. Hancock." He'd pop outside and say, "Ah, Mr. Hancock, welcome. Lovely to see you. Please come in. Your room would be ready for you. Bang, straight through." Well, I was told that when my name pops up, the gates don't open. <laughs> but, that, but that's maybe that's maybe different. So, so for for somebody like yourself, who's very very charismatic, outgoing, always great, always great to see. I mean, you're on all the time. D does it seem strange? Was it was it a challenge, kind of getting your head around this new sort of digital world of of? Well, we've actually got to. People have got to arrive, and we don't sort of greet them in the same way. Absolutely dreadful. Um, absolutely dreadful. We've the reason all of us joined hospitality was because we're we like people, and all of a sudden we're being encouraged not to touch people. We, we had an app, right? This this super duper app, which was going to answer everybody's answer all of the problems of COVID, and and you know everything else. And we binned it after two weeks because actually our guests hated it. 
and we hated it because actually we couldn't talk to people. So we had to get rid of the app. The, the AMPR camera thing, actually, it's really cool. Guests being met in the car park. Ah, Mr. Hancock, how are you? How, how do you know it was me? Oh my God. Um, so, so actually, yeah, there are bits of it that enhance yeah, the experience. It, it's yeah. a really cool thing to yeah. do, but the rest of it was was dreadful. Um, yeah, really, really difficult for us as service providers. And people, and people come because they want to get away from everything of daily life. And and on on arriving here today, when I was chatting to Ollie at reception, he said, "Oh, it's great." now because it feels like we're back to normal and obviously it's not it's not normal that that we're used to and if somebody had said to you a year ago you know all your staff will be will be wearing you know coverings of things you, you'd never have, you'd never have believed it you know in the same way that if somebody said to me a year ago you can only have 15 people at a wedding you'd never have believed it but now it's become the new normal and and people you would feel really confident that people can come here and it's the experience that you want to have when you stay at a fabulous hotel. Absolutely. There's there's delicate balance, though. We, we still have to conform to all of the government guidelines and the regulations. And we have to try to make people feel safe. There's a, um, there's a spectrum of, uh, of guests. Uh, and there are the people um, who are absolutely paranoid um, and... Um, uh, and, and, and don't like touching the same table as uh, as, as somebody from before, uh, all the way through to the people who really don't give two hoots and rush around hugging each other. Um, and we have to try to manage that entire spectrum um, without getting in people's faces and without being offensive. So we do have um, a much lighter touch check-in, but without, uh, and check-out actually, you now check-out on, on the phone. So you don't queue anymore. So we're trying to reduce all of that queuing. You do have to take your temperature when you come in, um, uh, staff and guests. Um, uh, there, there's obviously hand sanitizer, uh, more hand sanitizer than you can shake a stick at. All staff um, wear face coverings. Um, uh, and uh, as I said, we try to reduce the crowding of people, um, but we're trying to do it in a subtle fashion that doesn't make people feel that they're in a hospital um, because they don't come here to feel like they're in a hospital. We you did have, when we first opened, we had these really clever bags that you put the cutlery and the napkins in, and they were super, these things. I loved them. And you put them in and you sealed them and then we put them in the steamer in the kitchen for 15 minutes and it sanitised the cutlery and the napkins. So the guests knew that actually those were banging fresh. That nobody else had touched them. Great idea. The guests hated them. They said, it feels like we're in a hospital. We can't stand it. We didn't come here to feel like we're in a hospital and be reminded of um, coronavirus. So we've um, had to stop using them. Uh, it was one of those great ideas that actually guests just don't want it. And that's the most important bit, isn't it? The experience for the guests and the feedback from the guests. So, so on, a, on a typical week like this week, how do the guests feel about it all now? Um, the vast majority of guests uh, absolutely love it. Uh, all of the guests, or most of the guests' feedback I'm getting is um, <clears throat> we felt really safe, secure. We didn't, um, uh, we realised you were doing something but we didn't feel like it was being forced down our throats. There, I won't lie, there's still the odd COVID policeman 
um, who says uh, those people are too close um, or that person wasn't wearing their face mask correct correctly, um, but they are in the minority. And you know, it, it comes with the territory, really. Nick. You know, we're we're in we're in the public glare, and people are always going to have a different opinion. Um, we've just got to try to find a happy medium that keeps the vast majority of people happy, really. And final question. How many hours does somebody like yourself spend on gov.co.uk? Oh. <laughs> what, what is it like when, when, oh. when new guidelines oh. come out at 10 o'clock on a Monday night? Oh. When Boris just decides he's going to do something <laughs> off the cuff just <laughs> for the hell of it. Uh, it's, frankly, it's a nightmare. I've rewritten the, um, uh, I've rewritten the financial budget five times. Um, uh, in the last uh, in the last six months, um, we have to change all of our policies and procedures. You can't find the information either. You, you literally have to drill down, and then you drill down, and then you have to drill down further. And it's just um, uh, it's a minefield, an absolute minefield. Fortunately, I'm part of um, uh, sort of the Northern uh, British Hospitality Association. Um, Northern Committee, so we have Zoom calls once a month. Zoom calls now. There's another nightmare. Um, uh, we're part of Yorkshire Fine Hotels. I've got a good um, uh, the Harrogate Hospitality Association. So we actually all sort of pool our knowledge, and somebody's read something somewhere, and they send the information round. But yeah, it's uh, 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 it's it's and the, my problem is that the the advice is op opaque at the best. It's, it's really, really confusing. And if you wanted to, uh, you could interpret it in an entirely different fashion. I, I'd really just like somebody to take control, take leadership and tell us what we are and what we're not allowed to do. There's been a lot of wooliness. Yeah, well, and I know, I know there'll be loads of loads of people listening who who completely relate relate to that. And it's great to know that, that you've got a lot of support around you. Thank you very much for your time. And best of luck for the rest of 2020. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Nick, it's a pleasure. It's lovely to welcome you back to running again. The What's Hot Guide with DoorsDirect.co.uk. For made-to-measure sliding wardrobe doors and interiors, visit DoorsDirect.co.uk. Hello again, I'm Ben Groom and it's time for your weekly What's Hot Guide, bringing you a selection of events coming to your local area in the coming days and weeks. Next weekend is the start of the 12th annual Rayworth's Literature Festival. However, this year it will be going digital for the first time ever. Rayworth's features a host of different authors, historians, broadcasters and politicians, all giving their unique insight into the world of literature. That will be held via Zoom from Friday the 23rd until Sunday the 25th of October. And you can tune into that through the Harrogate International Festival's website. And with October half-term just a week away, Thornton Hall Country Park have put together a Halloween drive-through experience for the little ones. Spooky Fields will include seven Halloween scenes, live actors and the chance to help Farmer Bradley find Jasper the Ghost. It looks to be a great family day out and a good way to spend half-term. That will be running at Thornton Hall Country Park from Saturday the 24th until Saturday the 31st of October. And that's it for our weekly What's Hot Guide. Be sure to check out our website for other exciting events coming to your area. And if you want to add your own events, 
you can do so at yourharrogate.co.uk. Thank you, little Ben. And of course, if you want to get on our What's Hot Guide, you can email me, nick at yourharrogate.co.uk. It's a tough job, this, because next we're going for an afternoon tea at Mama Doreen's. This is a nice place to do an interview. We are sat having afternoon tea with Jess Wyatt from Mama Doreen's. Welcome to the Your Harrogate podcast. And if you had to describe Mama Doreen's to somebody who had never had the pleasure of experiencing this, how would you describe Mama Doreen's? Well, I'm just currently sat here with an Earl Grey in a china cup, a gorgeous Bakewell slice, listening to old music, surrounded by autumnal flowers, and people laughing in the background, enjoying themselves. So yeah, it's, it's a nice atmosphere. It's lovely. And we're at Station Square in Harrogate. So this used to be Carluccio's, and I always think when you come into Mamadori's, it reminds me of like the set of an old film. Oh, thank you very much. It was just basically everything that we love, our, our taste in the interior, um, all of our furniture's uh, kind of Parisian chic, and um, the food, etc. We've never had an afternoon tea before, so we just compiled everything that we love in food and put it all on a gorgeous tiered stand. And uh, and the experience of coming to Mamadorine's, it's. It's a bit of luxury, isn't it? It's a bit of a treat. If you if you come here, and whether you come here for a birthday, whether you just come here to catch up with a friend, it's more it's more than just meeting up for something to eat and something to drink, isn't it? The whole the whole experience is part of this place. It is. Um, it's it's theatre. You come in, and the interior, the presentation of the food, the cake display the staff who are constantly smiling and hopefully love working here. Um, it's everything combined and we want people to come and enjoy the experience. We want people to share with friends and family and tell everybody and you know I know Covid restrictions are a bit of a nightmare at the moment but um, we hope we want people to forget what's happening in the outside world and come here and just forget about it and enjoy cake and a good chat with their, their loved ones. So tell us a bit about the changes that you've had to make, because obviously you're absolutely right. When we come out and about, we don't really want to be reminded. We want to know places are safe, but we don't really want to be reminded of, of COVID-19. We want to escape from it. So, so you've had to strike this balance between being safe, but still the experience staying the same for your customers. We've been quite lucky um, with the fact that the, the, this venue is, is quite large. It's spacious. It's we're constantly cleaning. Uh, staff are wearing visors. As soon as you come in, you've got hand sanitizer, which is provided by the Yorkshire Soap Company, which is fabulous. Um, you know, we do obviously do the track and trace, check the temperatures, and um, we've taken a lot of tables out. Um, so we're just doing what we can and what we're told to do. But obviously, the guidelines are changing all the time. So we're just obviously doing what we're doing and hopefully uh, stay open. Well, this has been a bit of a theme of our podcast this week. When when the government guidelines are announced and when we hear that good old Boris is going to be speaking and things are happening, as a, as a, as a local business owner, 
there's all sorts of things going on in your head then, isn't there? And it's not just it's not just on the day. It's it's like the three days leading up to the Boris speech, mm -hmm. isn't it? I must admit, I've been very anxious and nervous last few days. Um, like most people, I haven't slept very well. Um, I think when you dealt with a crisis like this, you just have to think, right, what can we do? What can we do to keep the business going? How can we adapt the business? What ways can we make sure the staff are okay? Um, and so in the last few days, well, the last few weeks, you know, we've been putting strategies in place to keep everything going and we're thinking of ideas, like for instance, doing the takeaways. That was great during lockdown. There were so many supportive people around the area who um, ordered and they enjoyed it. And, you know, not only were they supporting us, they enjoyed a treat. You know, lockdown all day and, you know, getting cake to them straight to your door. <laughs> who wouldn't be, uh, who wouldn't complain? Well, I think that's part of part of people being locked down back earlier in the year was this kind of this kind of determination that we don't want to write the year off. We still want to make memories, and I think I think things like you know innovative takeaway things they all help people to still have a good experience. As as it's been over the past few weeks, and when people are talking about restrictions going on for months and months and all that kind of thing, it feels about right now, doesn't it? It feels it feels like. Things are safe. There are measures in place, but it still feels normal enough for people to have a good time. It does. It does indeed. Um, I think when people come in, like I said before, they're coming in and forgetting what's happening um, because people are feeling safe in here, and we want people to feel safe but still enjoy the the you know the atmosphere, the food, and. And you don't just have customers; you have absolute raving fans, really, don't you? So go on. What do your customers say about how everyone is in the moment? I think it's just been wonderful seeing people again. You're going from, for me personally, I found lockdown really tough because I'd be seeing you know, hundreds of people all the time and then it was just, I had my two children and my husband and <laughs> as much as I loved them, my goodness me, they were challenging. Um, and I missed seeing people, I missed talking to people. And then, so when my, you know, regular customers came in, I just wanted to give them a hug. Obviously, I couldn't. <laughs> but it was just wonderful to see happy, smiley faces again. Um, it's just people getting out and about. You know, you've got people that have been isolated on their own for months, and they come in and just, just happy to be out and about again. So this is what we've got to continue doing. You know, be safe, cautious, but still, you know, hopefully enjoy all these wonderful restaurants and bars and pubs up in Harrogate. Right, my friend Bridget, when, when I tweeted that I was going to be here, she said she's coming to Mama Doreen's. How do you answer this question? She's coming to Mama Doreen's for the first time okay. on Saturday for a celebration treat. What do I recommend? How do you answer that question? Ooh, I'd start with a glass of verve, followed by an afternoon tea, um, and then obviously take some cupcakes home. Yeah. Always the afternoon too. <laughs> there you go. So you've heard it from the horse's mouth. Jess, thank you so much for talking to us. We've got a great Mama Doreen's competition on our website as well, which we're looking forward to. And we'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Well, well done for making it all the way to the end of our third Your Harrogate podcast. And our fourth one is out next Friday and we've got a great guest. We've got Sharon Canavar from Harrogate International Festivals just before the virtual 
Literature Festival next weekend. So that's going to be a really good listen. Loads of goss on that next Friday. And big thanks to our sponsors, of course, the wonderful team at MJ Rider Plumbing and Heating. Find out all about them at mjrider.co.uk.